I was glued to my phone for the entire day, waiting for a response, an ETA or something that would give me some kind of clue as to when he would be back. It was our daughter Cheeto's fourth birthday and I wanted it to be special. We had put off getting her a gift and making a plan until the last minute and now dad was MIA. And I was mad at myself for agreeing to wait until the last minute and not just getting something last week. And I was mad at him for promising to make time for this and then disappearing on her birthday. I kept expecting him to just walk through the door at any minute or at least call. And all I got was radio silence. So inside, my stomach was like squeezing and tight, and my back got that stiff, prickly feeling it gets when I'm upset, and my face continued to squish into this puckered, rotten lemon look. And I was feeling really unimpressed and disappointed and mad because he knew this was important to me. So when he called at 8 p.m., and said he would be home in 20 or 30 minutes, I coolly said, don't worry about it. We already did the cake stuff at dinner. Welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I'm your host and relationship coach, Lily Matonguiza. So it was our daughter's birthday this week, and I want to give you a little bit of context because the story I just told you at the beginning makes me sound like the victim of some heinous crime. So our daughters, Chipo and Cheeto, celebrate their birthdays two days apart. Cheeto, the younger one, has hers first. It was this Monday, and I have this big dream of being able to spend three days in a row just enjoying quality family time. By the way, my love language is quality time. And when I shared this story with someone else, it was pointed out to me that I share a lot in common with the Enneagram type one. Now, if you follow the whole Enneagram thing, type ones believe that there is a right way and a wrong way to do something. Especially in my case, that's something being quality time, like celebrating birthdays. I have a very particular way, an idea of how it should go. Now, it's important to also know that a couple weeks ago, we celebrated my husband's 50th birthday. And that went really smoothly because I got to make all the plans and I executed them beautifully. But now it was my baby's birthday and I had told the girls that we would do something special and their dad would be home shortly and they should go take a nap so that when they wake up, they'll be ready to have lots of fun. And a friend of ours called and told Cheeto that daddy would be bringing her a big surprise for her birthday. So basically, I felt like I had set her up for a world of disappointment because there we were at home waiting for dad who didn't arrive until close to 9 p.m. And to be fair, I knew that there was a real possibility that this would happen. I mean, we live in Zimbabwe and he was out doing something in the rural areas and there are about 100 different reasons things can be delayed and take longer than expected. So typically, I account for this and plan around it. But this time, I didn't. And that made me mad. Mad at him, angry at myself, 
and upset with the whole situation. And you know what? As a coach, I could see exactly what I was doing. And I didn't care. I knew that I was beginning to indulge in this anger and I was settling into it and sinking myself deeper and deeper and deeper. And the thought did occur to me that this would be an excellent opportunity to practice unconditional love and acceptance of my husband. And I proceeded to shatter that thought like a glass ball being hit with a steel bat. I thought instead about how frustrating it is to live somewhere where I'm not able to drive myself where I want and when I want. I thought about all the ways in which I am trapped and reliant on him to do things for me. I made myself feel really helpless while I thought about how much better things are in Canada and how I don't have to wait on anyone. And if I want to take the girls out to the park or the movies or the zoo, I could just do it. And then that still small voice within gently pointed out that that's not entirely accurate since most things in Canada are still shut down due to COVID. And my brain quickly decided that that was not the point and hushed it. But none of this compared to when my husband actually got home. The girls had already said goodnight and they were headed off to bed and they're still giggling from cake and the giddiness of chasing balloons around the living room for the last hour. But up until this point, I had been playing it pretty cool. On the one hand, I was in total agreement as to why he had been out all day. And in all honesty, I wouldn't have had it any other way. But then I slowly began to open up to him about how the day had gone and how I had spent the day waiting for him to hear from him and that Cheeto had been sad because we didn't do something special for her birthday. And that's when he began to remind me that he's never liked birthdays and that he thinks celebrating them does more harm than good and how he could write an entire book about how the whole thing is nothing but commercialized nonsense that makes kids feel entitled and parents look bad for not catering to their children's whim and how everyone ends up being disappointed. And then he had the nerve to ask for a piece of cake. That's when I lost it. Now, when some people lose it, it's loud and they argue and point fingers and stuff like that, but not me. I get icy. I cut him a sliver of cake and gave it to him with a snarky comment about how people who could write books against birthdays really shouldn't get to eat the birthday cake. To which he replied, well, if it's there, I'm going to eat it. From this point forward, I spent no less than the next 18 hours being icy and distant, and pretending that I wasn't being icy and distant. I wanted him to know I was mad, but not crazy, as I proceeded to drive myself crazy. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. It may seem like a silly thing to make such a big deal out of this, and I totally agree. But in all of this, I noticed that there was this deep well of disappointment under all the anger. And my overwhelming desire was for him to change so that I could feel better. I'll be honest with you. I went into full victim mode and gave away all my power. 
And if you know anything about me and you've been listening at all, this is like one of the things that I always encourage you not to do. Don't give away your power. But that's what I did because when we're in victim mode, that's what we do. We rely on someone else's action or words to make us feel better. I wanted and waited for an apology or him to tell me he had changed his mind about how he thinks and feels about birthdays. And I wanted him and the circumstances to be different. And when none of these things changed, I wanted to be mad about it. Now, during a few moments of clarity in all of this, I did have the good sense to do what I could with what we had and make as many lovely moments for our daughter as we could given the circumstances. So we did bake a cake, we made birthday cards, and we had birthday balloons and had a little party. And honestly, the girls had a lot of fun. But I missed out on most of the fun because I was busy judging dad for not being there. And I'm sharing this with you because when we value something and the person we're in a relationship with doesn't share that value, it hurts. And it's very easy to slip into victim mode when our values are being challenged or ignored or attacked. Unconditional love comes off the table and we can slip into all kinds of unhealthy behaviors like pretending, people pleasing, stonewalling, and belittling. And we do all of this in attempts to control and manipulate the other person into believing and behaving the way we want them to. We desperately want them to share our values because that way we won't have to compromise. Because compromising is terrible. It doesn't just leave a bitter taste in your mouth. It creates all these fractures and cracks in your integrity and it damages who you are. Now, the reason I reacted to the situation the way I did is because it brushed up against my core values, which are love and integrity. I like to express my love through quality time, and I like to do what I said I was going to do, which was to have fun on her birthday outside of the house. So I was especially sensitive to the whole thing, and I made it mean a lot of things that contributed to the drama that I was creating around it. But the truth is, birthdays are neutral. They're not good and they're not bad. They're not special and they're not problematic until we give them that meaning. And Loving Son and I give birthdays different meanings. But in the grand scheme of things, birthdays aren't a big deal to either of us. While the emotions that I just shared with you were very intense for a while, I was able to process them and let them go because I practice self-coaching and I use the tools that I share with all of you. And I've been doing this for a while and now I'm on to myself. Like I could catch myself when I'm doing it and start to make better decisions, which is why adopting the mind of Christ on a daily basis, really doing this work is so beneficial because you might still slip down into that negative spiral, but you'll catch yourself doing it and you can put the brakes on and correct much faster than if you're not aware of what's happening and you just think all of the things are happening to you. So this got me thinking about how people in relationships, when they don't share their core values, 
they feel like this, these intense emotions of disappointment all the time. What is it like if this doesn't just brush up against a sensitive spot, but is a continual assault on a daily basis? What if this isn't about birthdays, but it's about your relationship with God or your desire to have children or to pursue your dreams? The idea of being in a romantic relationship where you are continuously compromising your core values to keep the relationship intact is heartbreaking. And sadly, I know that there are an enormous amount of relationships in which this is all too common. And it's especially common for women to value their relationships over their own core values. And the even bigger problem is that for the relationship to continue, you have to turn your back on yourself. You have to step out of integrity and wholeheartedness to preserve the illusion of a relationship with the other person. But it ends up being a lose-lose situation because you're not being yourself and the relationship isn't what you actually want. The real tragedy is that as a society and culture, we condone and celebrate this behavior as good, cooperative, and easygoing. We praise women who say things like, it doesn't matter what I want. And we say that they're being so selfless as if that's a good thing, especially in the church. This is celebrated as being submissive and humble. And while I think being submissive and humble is beautiful, It's not authentic if you have to lie and step out of integrity and love and truth to do it. It might come as a shock to hear this, but those behaviors of lying and not being in integrity are actually quite manipulative. When we say it doesn't matter, but it really does, that is lying and it's manipulative. And I hope that in sharing this little story with you, you will be much more inclined to know and honor your core values as you pursue your God-given desire for marriage. Please don't step out of your integrity to make other people happy. There's a difference between stepping out of integrity and stepping outside of your comfort zone. We want to go outside of our comfort zone. We don't want to go outside of our integrity. And I'm going to do another podcast that talks about the difference between those two because I think we kind of get the confused. We think like, oh, I'm not comfortable, but we want to be aware of where that's coming from. Are we being motivated by a truth within or are we being motivated by the desire to make somebody else happy at our own expense? So please don't destroy your relationship with yourself to preserve your relationship with someone else. Love yourself and your relationship with God first. Then and only then do the kindest, most loving thing for those who are affected by your decisions. There's an excellent reason why we need to be in equally yoked relationships. And it's about so much more than just marrying another Christian. That is the baseline. But being in a Christian-Christian relationship is not equally yoked. There's more to it than that. Because here's what happens when people are unequally yoked. 
and they don't share their core values. Everything is more painful and both parties suffer. Have you ever seen unequally yoked pairs of animals? I have. Here in Zimbabwe, it happens out of dire necessity because there is no other option. Sometimes a farmer only has one ox. And since there are no other oxen around, he will yoke it to a donkey. Because if they don't get the field plowed, they will all starve. But being unequally yoked causes tremendous damage to both the ox and the donkey. Sure, they might be able to get the field plowed, but it takes way longer and both animals are badly hurt in the process. And this is not what God wants for us. He wants us to be in marriages that bring out the best in us and allow us to grow. Romantic relationships should leave us better, not worse. That's why I can't overemphasize how important it is to know your core values because everyone's got a different combo and yours are going to be different from the people around you. You want to know which two are your core values. And I want you to be able to share those values with a potential partner to make sure that yours and his are compatible. They don't have to be identical, but they do need to allow you to both move forward towards that ultimate goal of hearing God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So if you want more help identifying your core values, please check out my free relationship starter course. It's a three-part mini training series where I show you how to identify your core values and lean into your relationship with yourself and God. And then I'll show you how to share your core values with those you'd like to get to know romantically. You can sign up for free today by heading over to proverbs2426.com slash start. And don't worry, I've included a link here in the show notes so that you can get started today. Again, thank you so much for letting me share this little story with you, and I hope it has encouraged you and inspired you to really lean into your core values, identify them, know what they are, and share them with others. I'm going to be back next week with more words of wisdom to help you on your journey towards forever love. Until next time, God bless you.